And we are live. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. This is episode 127. 127. 127. And, um, Hard to believe. Still didn't come up with much of a plan on our own. So I put out a message to our fleet. And I'm like, what do, you, what do y'all think we ought to talk about? And we got some interesting questions um, from, the, from the folks. Um, so obviously we will be taking your questions as well. Um, do we have anything happening this week that we needed to talk about? I, I can't really remember. It's, it's Labor Day and well, as much we, as we, I hate holidays, I've actually been kind of enjoying doing nothing for a couple of days. So that's been nice. We survived the CVSA break safety week. We did. Another one of the road pirate weeks we got behind us. Is this the last one for the year? You think? Um, I think it prob- is. Yeah, probably. And we got, oh, I know what's coming up. September 11 through 17, Truck Driver Appreciation Week. Feed your favorite truck driver a hot dog week. Yeah. Show him some, show him some appreciation. <laughs> yeah. Like, like they did there for about a week and a half in 2020. They were all thanking us for our service. I took a lot of shit about that. I I did a essay on that back when I was doing those. I remember that. I took hell on that. Remember that? Probably got that somewhere. Oh yeah. It's on our website. It's on the blog. I'm sure. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I like guys didn't appreciate that. Well, I know you can tell how much sleep I lost over that. (laughs) Let me get the matter out of my eyes right here. Sid. Right. Well, let me remind you that we are brought to you by Pittsburgh Power. Um, we've been using their product since 2009. And uh, it was a natural fit because we believe in what they do. We've got a proven track record with them. And so we're glad to have them partnered with us on this podcast. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe on the YouTubes. That helps the algorithm help us. Um, I've got a little something I wanted to say before we get started. And I was talking to my best friend, Zeke, who y'all have heard on the podcast before. And, uh, you know, Zeke and I, our relationship began from a Facebook message in 2013. He just, you know, I was doing that podcast. No, I was not doing that podcast yet. I was just a, a lease operator at Anderson. He was interested. I had been posting stuff on a Facebook page and he reached out to me and we got on the phone and we pretty much talked every day since, um, but we were talking about how in the last few years we have kind of become undistractable and untriggerable when all of the things that are happening in the news cycles and, and, and people are just all tore up and TikTok's on fire and Facebook's melting down and Twitter's, you know, with the dumpster fire that it is. And we're like, but why do we no longer get kind of sucked into it to to where it would make us make a different decision. And I was thinking back to 2002. Now, let me say this. The one of the reasons that, that this works so well between me and Larry is we're two completely different generations. He was, he got married the year I was born. Right. And so his, his upbringing and his formative years were very, very different than mine. He got a lot better fundamental education than I did. Um, in better school. look, got better looks. Right. Right. Whatever, whatever makes you sleep good. Um, so I feel like sometimes over the years now that Larry and I have, what's it been four? We coming up on five years next year. 
you know, we all tell the story about 2018, oh, how I, 2018 wasn't it? 2018, yeah. March of 2018. Yeah. So we'll be five years mm-hmm. in March. Okay. Yeah, so, years. you know, all of this starts because Larry reads this Facebook post of, of mine, of, of me kind of saying, look, it was my fault and I did it. And, and it, it struck him and it interested him and he reached out and things happened and here we are. And I feel like sometimes over the years I've had to say, as we're dealing with people, you know, we're bringing people in and some of them don't stick or they're not getting it. And I'm going, but man, there was a time I wouldn't have got it either, you know, but all he knows about me is March, 2018 forward. He doesn't know. He doesn't, he didn't experience the me from back in the day. And it made me, I had this memory and you may or may not like this, but I thought it was kind of funny. So 2002, I find Dave Ramsey on AM radio and, and I had that same, wow, wow, this, this makes sense. So that kind of got me thinking. And I turned on one day by accident, Dr. Laura on the radio. Right. And of course she's all self-help and she's helping people with all these interpersonal problems. And she had this book at the time called 10 stupid things men do to screw up their lives. And I thought, well, that's, that sounds interesting. Who, who had this book? Who, who? Do- Dr. Laura Schlesinger. Dr. Laura. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so anyway, I get this book. It was like on cassette tape, you know, yeah, back, yeah, back in the day. Yeah. And I was dating a, a female at the time and she was riding oh, in the truck a fe- with me. A female. Okay. And I was, I was, I was dating this woman and she's riding in the truck with me and I'm listening to this book. <clears throat> and one of the chapters was something now back up at this point. I really don't think there's anything wrong with me. I'm looking around and I'm just like everybody else, which was dumb. And I don't, I don't see any problems with my life. I'm just cooking along. And she gets to this chapter and she's talking about how men who uh, have a, have poor self-esteem and lack of self-control will get hooked up with women that are worse off than they are. So they can have this savior complex. And I look over and she's crying like she's boohooing and bawling. And I stopped the tape and I said, honey, what's wrong? And she goes, she's talking about me. And I went, oh, my God, she is talking about you, and she's talking about me, and I've done all of these things. And so from that point, like, there was – that's where the the growth began. And then my daughter was born in 2006, and I went, oh, wow, I don't know shit. I am clueless. I am lost. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, and now I've got this child that I'm responsible for. And so what I feel like sometimes I wish I could – grab a hold of our program participants and other people and shake them a little bit and say, you don't know shit. Please find some curiosity, find some, find some passion to learn because there was a time that I was so much worse off than a lot of the people that we've gotten into this program. And so um, the last couple of years has been a wake up call for a lot of people. You know, people have gotten, their foundations shook a little bit, but, um, if you don't have that passion to learn, and if you don't have that ability to say, okay, well, what if, what if stuff that I was taught in my formative years was wrong? Uh, what am I going to do with that? Because we have to sometimes come to that conclusion of, well, the person or the institution that I trusted, to give me the information, maybe didn't give me the right information and maybe I'm wrong. And, and if, if they're wrong, then that means I'm wrong. And that takes some self-reflection and that, that, and that can be very, very painful when you look at yourself in the mirror and go, 
you're an idiot. You don't know what the hell's going on. You've just believed a bunch of stuff because people have told it to you. We're doing this program so we can show you in real time. We show you the numbers. We show you how things go. And there's none of this smoke and mirror stuff. And there's no really because we said so. There's because we've done it this way before. There's because here's uh, the measure of risk. Here's the BSE 9000. Here's why we do it. But there's really no authoritarianism to what we do. There's no shut up and just do what you're told. It's do this because we've proven that it works. Do this because it's mathematical. Do this because it's logical. Do this because it's common sense. Um, but sometimes you've got to look at yourself and go, maybe I, maybe I don't know everything that I think I know. And maybe I've trusted the wrong people. And, and so that's why we're here. So, um, I don't know if you got anything to add to that, but. Well, I, well, it, it, a couple of things. Um, number one, <clears throat> I think everybody, uh, at, at certain times in their life, go through what you went through. You know, I mean, I just professionally, I remember as a photographer, I look back at the early work I did and I was embarrassed by it, you know? So I think, I think you, you're all, if you're, if, if, if you like yourself 10 years ago, you're not growing because you should, you should have changed. You should have matured. You should have improved. You should have done, you know, everything you do now should be better than it did 10 years ago to the point where you're embarrassed about what you were 10 years ago. And if mm -hmm. that's not, that's not the, how you are, you're not, you're not growing as an individual. That's why people grow apart. You know, we've, I've been married for 46 years. We've been, we've known each other for 52 years. Okay. So, in, in that time, a lot of people could grow apart because they, they, they change, you know, things. About, and that, that's a challenge to a long-term relationship is keeping, you know, the, the, the interest com, in common and all that sort of stuff. But I think it's just natural for people, especially people who are improving, uh, progressing, um, you know, get, accomplishing things that they set out to do. If you're happy with what you look like 10 years ago financially or professionally or even maybe physically, uh, you're probably not uh, you're probably not, uh, you know, going to get done what you think you're going to get done. Now, let me go back to uh, perspective, um, because one of the things that you've taught me more than anybody else in my life, I don't even know if I've ever told you this, but mm, do tell uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I am, uh, without getting too political here, I am, I am fiscally conservative. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not as socially conservative as a lot of people probably think I am. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I was pretty well ingrained into what I thought, um, things should be politically and religiously and mm -hmm. various other ways. And, I, um, I think my tolerance, my, my ability to listen to other points of view and not think that what I do is the only way that, that things can be done. I, uh, you have, you have awakened that in me in the last four years, more, more than it's ever been awakened in me because I just like other people, I like to get in my echo chamber or did. You know, and well, hang out dude. with people. Hang out with people that you agree with, 
Um, but you have, uh, you have truly, I am, I, I talk about a CPA friend of mine. Uh, you know, we were, we were philosophically on the opposite end. We're great friends, mm -hmm. but he is a, he, listen, he is a bleeding heart liberal <laughs> and I am not, you know, mm -hmm. and you know, he's, um, a kind of, a, a, a Eastern, uh, religious religion type of person, you know, kind of a Buddhist kind of thing. You know, I'm raised a Southern Baptist. Okay. Mm -hmm. but there's nothing about, you know, our interests were, I needed to know accounting. He wanted to know photography. That's our interest. And we were just mm -hmm. good friends. Um, so it, you know, we, it, 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 we could, we, we existed. I mean, we didn't fight. We discussed, we had lots of discussions, but we, mm -hmm. we never got mad at each other. And, uh, you know, the thing that I, that you brought to me was your enlightenment that you went through uh, politically, primarily, mm -hmm. uh, and I think religiously too. Um, oh yeah. Oh, big kind of, kind of impressed me that, you know, that's, I wanted to be, I, I wanted to be more open to other people and not be so argumentative and listen to the other side and understand that somewhere politically, the answer lies in compromise. You know, mm -hmm. now I, I don't necessarily share your view of utopia that uh, we're going to get from where we are to where you think we're going to be without having to have another election. We're going to have to have another election. And in my 50 years of being in business, okay. Mm -hmm. My business is far more successful in years where there's R's up there than there's mm -hmm. years when there's D's up there. So even though I, you know, don't, I, you know, I think they all stink and I have to hold my nose. Mm -hmm. I still for own, my own self-preservation and for the preservation of business of people that we're trying to teach, the climate is usually better in years where there are R's in control. So, yeah, I'll well, I, uh, but I could, you know, the worst years of my life were during the Trump administration. Did Donald Trump have anything to do with that? No, no it wasn't no. his fault. It was 100% my fault. The best years of my life have happened during Brandon, Sleepy Joe. Now, does he get any credit? Oh, hell no. Cause of course, poor thing don't even know where he's at, you know? Um, but well, it's, it's, but, it's a philosophical thing. Yeah. But, the, but here, but here's the reality of that. Okay. All right. Here's the reality of that. You know, you met me right, during the Trump administration, mm -hmm. you know, I, 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 I wasn't a Trumper, you know, I, you know, I, uh, I, I, I like the things he was doing. I hated the man as an individual still do. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, but he, he, the administration during his, presidency was more business friendly. I was probably more successful at the time you met me than I would have been had it been during the Obama administration. So you may not realize it, but I think that you were a beneficiary of it and you accredited, you credited it to me, but that environment, I didn't create that. You know, I, I took advantage of it, but I certainly right. didn't create it. <clears throat> well, something's it's something else that Ike and I were talking about the other days. We, we love to listen to debates like, Jordan Peterson and a guy named Sam Harris, uh, for example, um, would debate issues of philosophy and religion. And, and Harris is a very, very atheistic guy. And Peterson is, is more spiritual. And what I found was I can now listen to two people debate and I can listen to someone, you know, I believe in God I'm a Christian. Right. And I, and I don't, I don't, um, I don't have a problem saying that, but I can hear someone destroy 
like just try to take my belief system and tear it to shreds and go, hmm, wonder how I would have defended that. Mm-hmm. Well, that got me in a position where I went, oh, man, there's a bunch of stuff I can't defend mm-hmm. because it's BS, right? And so I, then I had to start taking my own belief systems and go, okay, well, that and that and that, that's BS. I got to throw that away because I can't defend it. It has no factual basis. These things do, and I'm good with those. And But a lot of people have such a fear reaction if their beliefs get challenged or the thing that they were always taught, and then they can't defend it. And they're just, and so rather than go, okay, well, let me go figure out how to defend that. Then they just come apart and then they start screaming at people and then they start a Twitter account and then they create an echo chamber where they only listen, like you said, they only listen to the people they agree with. They never get challenged. And so in American politics, it's fascinating to me that the left will tell you the truth about Donald Trump. Now they'll bury that in a bunch of nonsense. The right will tell you the truth about Joe Biden. They'll bury that in a bunch of nonsense. Well, if you can learn how to peel back the nonsense, oh, okay, so I see this is true about that guy, and this is true about that guy. Um, and then then you, you, you have a lot more peaceful response, and it doesn't have to just be politics. It can be history. It can be economics. Um, my wife and I were talking, you might like this. My wife and I, uh, our kids are in sports, homeschool sports, and it's all volunteer. And so we've got this little organization and we've been helping with fundraising. And the question came up, should we use like Stripe or uh, what you call it, Square mm-hmm. to accept payments for different things, concessions at the volleyball game? And my answer was yes, because years ago, Dave Ramsey went on this tirade when McDonald's started accepting debit cards. I remember what was that 10 or 15 years ago, mm-hmm. you had to pay cash at McDonald's and Burger King because they didn't take debit cards. And Dave Ramsey was going, you idiots, they're just going, they're doing that so they can make more money because they know you'll spend more money with plastic than you will cash. And so right. my response was absolutely start taking credit cards for this stuff because it'll cost yeah. you 3%, but right. you'll probably make 10% more because, man, they'll be buying them T-shirts and sweatshirts and tickets and hot dogs and all that kind of stuff. Um, Dave Ramsey is so polarizing because he'll tell people something that makes total sense. It's, it's absolutely logical, but it challenges their fundamental belief system they grew up with. And rather than go, you know what? I, yeah, I understand what Dave's saying, but I'm not going to do that. They just have to throw everything he's ever said away. Well, that's nonsense. You can't throw every single thing that someone says away. You can't, you can't take everything that we do. Because, uh, I mean, our, our model works in every economic <laughs> climate, but you can't go to California in our trucks. Well, if you live in California and you want to do, be a lunatic, you got a problem, you know? So what do you well, want to do? You live in California, you're already a lunatic, <laughs> just it. not financially, okay? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I love this comment. This is from the newest superstar at Blue Ribbon. Andrew, 10 years ago, all I was missing was a clown shoes. Well, 10 years ago, dude, you were 15 or 16, you yeah, know? So yeah. you kind of get a pass. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> Uh, and I'm listen. I'm gonna I'm gonna brag on I'm gonna brag on Andrew, um, dude. The guy's gonna be a rock star. Oh, you know? absolutely. Uh, just incredible initiative, incredible um, problem solving uh, techniques and desire. And I'm just I'm just telling him he's he's yeah. Best this, hire we've made since Richie. <laughs> 
Uh, I don't know if that was a compliment to either one of them, really. I, listen, I'm gonna let them. I'm just gonna let them both think about it. You know, they yeah, just roll okay. in that for a little yeah. while. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, um, but but <clears throat> but here, Andrew, if you're still listening, here's the big but: your CDL is the ticket to the dance. And so, if you get lazy on your pre-trip, you know, and you get busted because we got some guys that are in some hot water right now over violations. Um, you know, uh, he's obviously got the drive, he's got the intelligence, he's got the work ethic, he's got the problem solving, but if you screw up and you get lazy on those pre-trips, you know, you got, you got to keep that ticket to the dance. And, you know, the, the problem we have with young people, you know, and is, is that they don't really have a, um, uh, they're not afraid of, 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 of time. You know, they think there's mm-hmm. plenty of time. And they don't, uh, they're, they're a little more risky than, than older guys would be in some things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things that we talk about at every orientation, I even, I talk about it at every event, you know, and the room kind of gets quiet when I talk about it, mm-hmm. but it's what you just said. You know, we have this tremendous opportunity, the easiest industry I've ever been in to make money. Okay. And the easiest way that I have found in my 50 years to make this kind of money has been in trucking, but, but especially if you're starting out for the first 10, 15 years, you have to have a CDL to play in this sandbox. And if you screw up and let that get away from you by too many violations, or you can't get your DOT physical passed or all these things, you lose the opportunity to play in this game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's easy to, kick that can down the road because, Hey, I, I suck it up and I got through this one next physical. If you're, if you're struggling to get through physicals, why don't we just attack the problem instead of kicking it down the road? You know, if you, if you, if you're borderline diabetic, you got how, whatever it is that can all be addressed, you know, mm-hmm. and let's just fix it, you know, and then, and then laziness, you know, getting pulled over and getting a stack of 13 out of service violations, Mm-hmm. because you don't get out you don't open the door and get out and look around and find out that you've got this, 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 and this until the guy with the badge and the gun shows up, you know, mm-hmm. th- that's not the time to do that, you know? So, um, you know, ever, nobody likes to talk about this whenever, you know, I bring this up, but listen, that's just being mature. That's being, we're adulting right now. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, but that's what this is all about is adulting. Okay. So, um, anyway, we're, we're passing some, some liminal messages here along with some of our, <laughs> yeah, our guys for, yeah. for all of you that don't know what the hell's going on right now. Mm-hmm. We, we, we know that we have a captive audience here. And so, uh, sometimes we pass some, uh, pass some messages on, um, it's, <clears throat> And and I know there's probably some of y'all, there's somebody listening right now driving a 2022. Well, I've got a brand new truck. Let me promise you that the road pirate is trained to find certain things. And if you're not paying attention, a 2022 truck can have a pinion seal fail. A 2022 can have a, uh, a, a zip tie break and have a brake cha- uh, brake hose chafing. A 2022 can I'm, have a I'm crack convinced crack you can drive one off the showroom floor and have brake brake chafing, brake oh. holes chafing. Okay. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, yeah, because if they don't like you, they'll find a brake hose chafing. Absolutely. Um, well, I mean, one of our trucks the other day, I 
I, I, I was just standing behind it and I just looked down between the frame rails and I went, hmm. And I went to my truck and I got some loom and I got some pieces of heater hose and I got some zip ties and I zip tied some stuff up because, yeah. you know, I mean, these trucks are, uh, take a beating. And so, of course we drive old trucks and, um, I think people are like, oh, well, it's an old truck. Well, yeah, but, but if you live in this fantasy land that oh, I'm dry, oh, I'll drive 2021, but I got a warranty. Well, good luck. Cause you're just as dumb as, and, and clueless and hapless as the next guy. Uh, you know, your, that, that's, that's the thing. Your CDL is your responsibility. Um, is it our, is it our responsibility to pay the bill? 100%. And we will, we will, we've spent thousands of dollars fixing trucks. Um, I will absolutely pay the bill, but guys, I can't fix what I don't know about. Right. I mean, I, I guess I'm watching over 17 trucks right now, including the BCOs that we mentor. Um, I can't subliminally pre-trip your truck. If there's something wrong with it and you don't tell me, guess what? I ain't going to fix it. Well, not only that, we have a program, we have a process here where people report maintenance issues so that it's, 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 in, it's, it's recorded. We know it's there, but that doesn't remove the responsibility from them or the initiative from them to proceed with trying to get it repaired at times when it's convenient for them. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that's another issue that we're having is that you don't secede the responsibility to us. But when you report it, I mean, you let us know, we'll, we'll advise you. We'll, we'll talk about how we think we, we, you know, we, we should approach it. But at the same time, your, yours is the CDL that's going to get dinged. You get pulled over and that's not fixed. So, yep. and, and we're trying to allow you to continue to man, ma, uh, maximize your income by not bringing you off the road to get these things fixed where we want you to do it during your 10 hour breaks, during your 34 hour resets times when it's convenient for you and doesn't take money out of your pocket. So, um, that's another thing that we, we need to address, but. Here's a question uh, that, that I'm going to pop this in. Uh, Gavno asks, how many days a year is a lunatic truck down for repairs on average? Um, well, I'm going to use Zeke's truck as an example. We put it in service in July of 21. And I believe in that time it was down a week and a half. Um, it's the longest it's been down. Like it broke a drive shaft in Pennsylvania. And if not for them, the drive shaft shop built the wrong drive shaft and it was down three or four days longer than it was supposed to be. But, um, you know, we've had, we've done lots of repairs on it. Um, uh, but it's very rare. We've got one down now, right now with a blown motor. Um, you know, what are you going to do with the blown motor? You know, we don't have a driver <clears> for it. <throat> so it's just sitting on the back burner. But other than that, um, I want to say that a truck has been down, um, I don't know, with, maybe a with, week. With very few exceptions, most of the things that we have down can be fixed uh, over a reset. Uh, a couple, couple of days typically is the longest that we have something down. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a couple of exceptions, obviously. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, the, 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 and I think what you're getting at here, the question you have is because we drive old trucks, are our trucks down all the time? And the answer is no. And when they no. do go down, we can get them worked on 
without having to go to the dealership and get on the waiting list and sit in the, in the waiting room for three or four days before they can look at it. Um, again, we, you, you can do that. Okay. You can sit around, you can turn all of your paperwork into Landstar and you think you've got everything done and just sit back and wait for them to call you next week or the week after that or the week after that, or, the week after that. or you can send all your paperwork in and you can put, call them every freaking day mm-hmm. until you get somebody to do what, you know, what you on the schedule you're doing it. It's the same way of fixing a truck. You know, uh, my God, how many times have we taken the bull by the horns, you and I, and get on the phone oh, yeah. and find the part? or do this. I mean, you, you can sit on the side of the road and be a victim or you can become a problem solver and get it done in the next three or four hours. You know, a lot of that depends on how the, your willingness to involve yourself in the process, you know, and, um, but, uh, the, um, the incident of repair, the time down for repair. Let me tell you something. These, the truck dealerships, those service partners are there and they do not exist on the business of old trucks. Hmm. Okay. They're a hundred percent funded by breakdowns of new trucks, hundred mm-hmm. percent. So, uh, if that's your thinking that, well, I'm going to buy a new truck cause it's never going to break down. I've got rude, uh, really, really, really bad, you know, um, news for you. Um, and <clears throat> I mean, we took, we took one of our trucks to the dealership. Um, why did we take it there? Well, we took it there because nobody else was available. Everybody else was booked up. We needed a clutch. And I'm like, surely these idiots can do a clutch. And I knew that the truck needed a synchronizer. Um, now, had had any one of three other shops been available, that truck would have been turned around in maybe five days. And it was three weeks, you know, because they kept, they're absolutely incapable of finding the parts I the, when they took the back cover off of this 10 speed, they found a crack and they call, Hey man, it's cracked. And I'm like, okay, I went up there. I looked at it. I'm like, yep, it's cracked. I said, okay, can we weld it? We don't know. I took it to a machine shop. I said, can we weld it? They're like, man, we don't want to weld it. We don't think it would hold. I said, okay, next I go to, uh, the parts counter. Yep. Back order. Okay. Well, I downloaded a manual for that specific, model of transmission from the internet for free that was a complete exploded diagram and i went there's the part there's the number googled it found it on ebay and it was here two days later and 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 that has happened numerous times where parts that are on quote national back order national back order means that they can't get it on their stock order they right. can't they can't do the easiest thing that that parts guy can do and that is put it on his next stock order it's not going to come mm-hmm. that doesn't mean he can't get it we've proven that with our friend down south mm-hmm. okay uh 12 7 and 14 liter overhaul kits are on back we're still on back order as far as i know and uh, we don't have a problem getting them okay we've bought but three you, of them right but you have to get your head out of your ass and want to wait on your customer that's the problem right. The easiest thing to do is sit back and put your feet on your desk, you know, pick your nose a little bit and go, well, it's on back. There's nothing I can do about it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we told a story one time about a part that we got that was aftermarket. For, and, and come to find out when the part came in, the dealership that we were working with was the aftermarket dealer for the aftermarket part that yep, we had to go find on ourselves. Didn't even had no, had no idea. So, I mean, you know, it, it's all in uh, in, in, uh, your attitude and how, and not allowing yourself. We had, we had an example of of a guy and he, you know, he's, he was new, but he, he has a trailer tire blowout. Okay. And we've go through about 24 hours of bullshit with trying to get a tire put on. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. you know, and I think 28 hours later, we finally get it fixed. Okay. I promise you mm -hmm. had Chris or I been driving that truck in four hours. First of all, they, that guy would never have left. He mm -hmm. wouldn't, have, he wouldn't have left with his testicles intact. I'll tell you that. And, uh, and, and, it, we, it, you, it, you just have to manage these situations. You have to be able to take the bull by the horns and go, this is not going to happen. You know, you're not going to do this. Okay. I'm not going to sit around and allow you to do this. We got an example right now. We were on the phone with three different people about a damn wheel. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we trust the driver to get it done. We find out after the guy left, he put the steel wheel on after we specifically told him to put a aluminum wheel on three times, three times, three, but, Again, the driver said, well, the guy Seating authority. Put it on. Seating authority. Well, the guy, I'm not well, the guy paying the bill. On. I guarantee you the guy would have put it on. If he would have put it on, he'd have to pull my foot out of his ass, one or the other. Okay? <laughs> one or the other would have happened. So, um, and in his case, I think he'd probably rather put the right wheel on. Why does he care what kind of wheel goes on? They had him in stock. Yep. But anyway. Yep. Now my blood pressure's good. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's go. Let's go to these questions. I'm, I pull these straight out of order, so they're in no specific order. All right. So we start. Jim's question was, "What to expect when you come to Blue Ribbon?" Um, Jim, who? Our Jim. Just Jim. Our Jim. Our Jim. These are from our signal thread. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you were looking at comments. Welcome here. to the podcast. This is what we're <laughs> going to do. Um. So Jim, <laughs> what to expect when you come to Blue Ribbon? Um. <laughs> well, I can tell you a couple of things. Number mm -hmm. one, leave the bullshit at the door. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, excuses, making up stuff. Um, we, we don't, we listen, we just don't accept it. You know, it's you're here. The biggest thing you have to remember when you come here, you're not coming here. You're not leaving your job and coming here to take another job. Blue Red. We don't hire truck drivers. Correct. Okay. We don't have jobs. You're coming here to learn the business of trucking. You come in here to learn how to go from whatever you are, whatever that is, to whatever you think you need to be to be an owner operator. Okay. And all the things that we see that you don't have, it's our job to provide those for you. All right. One of the first things we're going to do is take, is give you accountability. Uh, that's the first thing we're going to require is accountability. Um, all this passing blame or, I, you know, I, I, we, we just don't accept that. We will not accept bullshit ex answers and we'll call it out right away, you know. Uh, we're really not that, um, you know, and we're not assholes, but look, if you're going to come with some bullshit, just, you're going to learn really, really quickly that that's probably not your best approach here. You know, I'll tell everybody we have an orientation. I'll do anything in the world for you. You just got to level with me and never lie to me and tell me what the hell's going on. Okay. Mm -hmm. You trying to cover it up or you trying to give me some bullshit is not going to get, that's not going to work out very well for you. So that's going to be the first thing we're going to do. The second thing you, you understand is that you are here to learn how to be in business. All right. Right. I've been in business 50 years. Chris has been a truck driver for 25 years. So we have the business of trucking and the business of business. We put it together. We give you this package. We've already worked out all the kinks. We've got all the problems worked out. It's been, it's actually been tried and tested and the concept proven now four times. And so it's not a question of, do we know what we're doing? Do we know if it'll work? That's not the question. The question is, will you do it? The question right. is, are you going to do it? Are you going to do what it takes to be successful? Because a, a lot of people come, well, not here. People want to be owner-operators because they think that's going to solve their problems. 
Everything right. that they don't like about their truck driving job, they think is going to be resolved by becoming an owner operator. But as we've talked about over and over and over again, that is the beginning of the downward spiral because it's no longer about driving a truck. All the things that mattered to you yesterday when you had the truck driver hat on, those matter about 15% tomorrow when you've got the owner-operator hat on, the business owner. Because now all the things that you didn't think were important are important. And that's the reason that you either get in, stay in business or, 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 or fail. Uh, we just have a program where we've got it all worked out. We, we can just feed it to you. And you mm -hmm. don't have to reinvent the wheel. That's what you get when you come here. Um, you know, you get the opportunity to make a really, really, really good living while you're learning all this information. You know, uh, we, we tell people it's like, it's like having a full-time job when you went to college. You know, you go to school all the time, but you work full-time. And the full-time job is what finances it. We don't charge money for what we do here as long as you stay here for 15 months. Okay. So it's, it, 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 the money is generated by the profit that you create by driving the truck that pays you primarily because you're the one making a hundred grand. It pays me a little bit. It pays the truck owner a little bit. Um, and it makes a return on everybody's investment and it gives you the opportunity to practice what you're going to do when it's your truck and it's your money. Right now it's our truck and my money and, um, we're taking all the risk. So I don't know. Uh, what else do you want to add to that, Chris? What, what happens when you come to Blue Ribbon? <clears throat> well, you 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 hit it well. Where you um um, it's not a job, okay? It's an opportunity to embrace yourself in the life, okay? Driving a truck is fifteen percent of this backing into docks and all that stuff. If, and what, what we're trying to do is, is get you to understand that if I didn't have 17 trucks to watch over, right. And I got in one of these trucks, I could bang out right now in this market easily, uh, 10 to $13,000 a week. I'd be home. I would leave Sunday. I'd be home Friday. I would set reset over the weekend. No question. And I'd do it without breaking a sweat and I would do it legally. I would do it within my hours of service. I would not get lost along the way. I would do proper trip planning and that would be cake. And sometimes I do get a little, well, life would be a lot easier if all I had to do was drive a truck right now, you know? Um, but that's what we're trying to get you to do. We're trying to get you to that level, but it takes practice and it take you have to build new habits and you have to have different priorities and you have to think about things in a different way. Um, well, hang on just a second. It, it's, it's not just doing that volume. It's doing that volume, holding the cost down so that you maximize the profit. A lot of guys can come here and do that volume, but they're not paying attention where they buy the fuel. They're not, again, they're not pre-tripping the truck. I mean, we had a guy, we had a guy here that was number one in, in, um, revenue last year. He ain't even here right now. So, you know, it, it's not just about the revenue. It's gotta be, you still have to understand that stay in business. You have to control cost and you have right. to, um, you know, you have to, uh, um, you know, you have to understand that it's not just how much money you take in. It's how much money you hang on to. So, uh, anyway, I, I had to stick that in there. Go ahead. <clears throat> uh, well, I think, 
I think we pretty much covered it. You know, th- this is an opportunity for you to live the life of an owner operator without taking the risk of buying the truck. And then you can decide, is this something I really want to do? Because we can teach you how to do it and make $150,000 to $200,000 a year as a single truck. And if you wanted to have more trucks, I can teach you how to make three hundred to five hundred, dollars right? Um, but that's why you're here. You're not here for a job. You're not here for a paycheck. We're going to pay you while you're here. We're going to pay you as well as we can, but you're going to ride the ups and downs and you're going to live what it takes. That's, that's what you're here for. Let me move on to the next one. Uh, Ish tandems and weight and the history behind it. Well, um, I did a, I did a little Google search. Um, Weights and measures in trucking goes back to the early 1900s. Um, uh, you know, when the infrastructure was first start to being built, um, you know, they were setting limits. Bridge law is what screws a lot of guys up, um, is knowing where your tandems are supposed to be. Because, you know, you're getting 34000 on your trailer tandems. You're getting 34000 on your uh, on your uh, tractor tandems. And a lot of people just assume because 34 and 34 is 68 and what's left over from 80,000 is 12,000. The limit on, on the steers is 12,000, but that's not tr- necessarily true. Every state. And if you get, do I have my, I do. I know, I know this is foreign to a lot of y'all, but I know this is, this is, I can't believe, you know, Whoa. if you have one of these right here, in the front section, it has all of the weights right here in this book. There's a big chart. Let me get to it. In the front of this book that has all of these weight limits. That's going to make a damn fool out of me because I can't turn right straight to it. Um, but it has all of the weight limits by state. It has the phone numbers for every, there it is. Weight and damn it, weight and size limits. All right, these are not set federally; these are set by state. Okay, some states give you twenty thousand on the steer. Some states give you so many pounds per width of your of your tire. Some states give you you know it's they're all different, but they're right there in that book. And so, if I'm going to be going from Georgia to Pennsylvania, I can open the book and say, okay, well, it says right there that I have to be less than X number of feet from the kingpin to the center of the trailer axles, and I can only be so much on my steer. Uh, Some states don't have a length. You can run the tandems all the way to the back of the trailer. Um, And I I pulled up, let me get my visual guide here. Do they not teach this in CDL school anymore, Chris? Dude, I... I don't, I don't think they teach any damn thing in CDL school anymore, to be honest with you. Uh, but this here uh, will show you. Let me go full screen. That's not much better. Anyway, this map shows the kingpin to tandem's distance for a standard five-axle semi-truck. Now, you can download this. I think you have to pay 10 bucks for it because uh, this is the small version. Uh, West Virginia is 41 feet to the center of the rear uh, tandem axles. Um, Ohio, none. Kentucky, none. Georgia, none. Alabama, 41 to center. Um, and where's the one? Because there's some of them. Oh, uh, California is 40 feet to the rear 
center of the rear axle, not center of the tandems. And so you have to know this. Now you can run out West in all these green States with the tandems all the way to the back of the trailer and they don't care. Yeah. So you could go from Georgia to Washington um, and, and, and run all over Texas with your trailer tandems all the way at the back of the trailer, and they don't care. Uh, California, uh, uh, Rhode Island is either Rhode Island or Connecticut is 41 to the rear. It's, so, it's Rhode Island. Yeah. It's 41 feet from the kingpin to the center of the tandems, right? Or to the rear axle. There's two states, I believe, that it's to the rear axle. Uh, the rest of them are to the center of the two axles. Um, but here's the thing, guys, this stuff's important. It, it's a 700 and well, when it happened to me 10 years ago, it was a $750 fine. I was six inches too long in Connecticut and it was $750. You know how much a damn tape measure costs? A hundred foot tape measure that you could literally lay on the ground by your kingpin and walk your fat ass back there like I did after I paid $750 to have a damn tape measure in the truck. Uh, now, Landstar, I think, or used to, uh, Schneider did, they had a sticker on the side of the truck. I'm like, here's your, here's your 43 foot, here's your 41 foot. Um, it's, it's not consistent. Yeah. Some trailers have it, some don't. But you can't, you don't have a tape measure, you know, and you won't be an owner operator. You don't have a test light. You don't have any tool. You don't have nothing, right? That That's the problem here is that, um, all of this information is readily available in the Rand McNally map that nobody seems to have or can't find. Um, you know, Google searches, you can buy this map, I think for 10 bucks, bigrigguide.com. Um, you know, and, and there, then, then there's not a question, but when you're just either seeding it, well, nobody ever told me, well, they didn't tell me who's they. Is they going to pay your fine? No, they are not going to pay your fine. They are not going to save your CDL. They're not going to do jack shit for you. You are. It's your responsibility to make sure that truck's legal. It's your responsibility to make sure your, your logs are legal. It's your responsibility to make sure that you get there on time. It's your responsibility and nobody else's. So stop blaming other people for your, your problems, your laziness, your incompetence, or your ignorance. Oh, well, I didn't know. Then go figure out how to know. Go figure out how to know. It's right there in the damn book. It's and really, I, really easy. I really recommend that you not go to Facebook to find oh, out. Oh, for the love of God. Yeah. Please don't. Please do not. Um, but, you know, we... <laughs> We, we had this meeting because, I don't know, a year or so ago, and Larry, we talked about Larry found the tolls were just outrageous. So we had a Zoom meeting for the whole fleet, and a question came up, and they said, well, how am I supposed to know what the tolls are? Mm -hmm. And my response was G-O-O-G-L-E. Because if you call me and ask me what the question is, first thing I'm going to do is Google it. Or I'm going to go to that book. Or I'm going to go to this book. Y'all ever seen one of these? I know this is like some gr holy grail that nobody's ever seen before. Um, I've got a... Look here. <gasps> you know Landstar gives these away in every orientation? Hazardous Materials Compliance Book. You know? 
you you don't know the answer then this goes back to the to the origin the beginning of the stuff that i was talking about when i realized man, i don't know anything but there are answers out there it's in this book it's in the map it's on the internet the information is out there if you will go look for it but trying to get somebody to go look for it and not just say oh well, let me call chris and 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 i'll have chris tell me the answer well, that doesn't generally work out very well for them because I'm going to answer a question with a question. Uh, or I'm going to say, well, I don't Google it. Get the book out. Um, Larry had to do that with somebody the other day. It was some issue of logs or something, and, and he went to the green book. Oh, it was about whether or not your truck had to have a uh, a, a, a oh, uh, audible oh, alarm if your air pressure was low. Yeah. And I went to the green book, and sure enough, I found it. Yeah. Took me maybe five minutes, you know. Uh, but the, That's thing what, about, the thing about doing that is now it's irrefutable. It's not somebody's opinion and you don't get 13 of them in 13 replies on Facebook and all of them are either the same thing saying over again or the 13 different things. It's irrefutable. Now you have the answer. You mm -hmm. have it, you know, but no, we'd rather just ask a bunch of people for opinion. And, and then you um, can say, oh, well, they told me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know. Yeah. Then you, the, you're you're just you're just ceding authority and responsibility to somebody else when you need to you need to take responsibility for your own self and that that's a big problem we have here in no status and that's, I mean, the number one thing that's going to happen when you come here is that will stop oh okay? yeah so. it will stop or you'll stop <laughs> well you know Hector asked about personal conveyance uses and tips uh, yeah don't be dumb um, don't be um, don't use, here's what gets people in trouble with PC. They use it as a crutch to make up for bad trip planning. Sloppy okay? trip planning. Sloppy trip planning. So, um, I started on paper or electronic logs in January of 2011. And I actually have to thank Schneider because back in the late 2000s, like 2007, Schneider started using the Qualcomm to track when you started your day. And they did that through the Qualcomm that when your wheels rolled for the first time, your 14 hour clock would start ticking. Okay. Cause back on paper, everybody cheated like hell. Well, at 12 hours, your Qualcomm, Hey, you have two hours of drive time remaining. You have one hour of drive time. You are out of drive time. And I remember this one time I was so mad. I was down in Houston, Baytown. And I was craving pizza. And so I ordered a pizza and I bobtailed over to the pizza hut and I came back. Well, the next morning I, you know, I got up, I started driving. They shut me down for 10 hours because they said, well, you didn't have a 10 hour break. I'm like, yeah, I did. Well, your truck moved at such and such time when I went to get the pizza. And so I didn't, the truck didn't set for 10 hours after that point. And so they made me stop and take a 10 hour. I was furious while well, I learned my lesson. So I had already kind of been conditioned to just get my trip plan figured out because I knew I had that, that parameter. And that was the amount of time I had working. When I came to the paper log in 2011, I realized pretty quickly that all I needed to conquer the paper, the electronic log was that I needed to have a trip plan. And then I needed to have a backup to the trip plan and I needed to have a backup to the backup. And I never had these problems well i can't find nowhere to park i never had that because i knew what before i started driving in the morning i knew where i was going to park that night and then 
they started doing reserve parking, which is the next best thing to slice bread and the greatest thing, oh, the greatest okay. invention in the history of trucking. I ain't paying for that damn parking. Yeah. yeah. If it ain't free, I ain't parking. Listen, I heard, I heard this idiot on CB one time. Our tax dollars paid to pave that parking lot. And I'm like, listen, I know you bootlicker. I know you think that asphalt only gets paid for by the government, but I'm pretty sure they didn't pay for this lot. Um, well, I, I, I started at Transport America in 2008, and I was a company driver for eight months. I was the very first owner-operator to have um, ELD. When I bought my truck, I, I could see the handwriting on the wall. I said, look, go ahead. I don't want to learn how to do this and have to learn it over again. Mm-hmm. So I voluntarily, people thought I was insane. Like a lunatic? I was the only oper- owner-operator that had uh, ELD cause it was optional. I could have mm-hmm. paper lot. And I did all that FedEx stuff, by the way, with, with a ELD legally. Mm-hmm. So anyway, there's not been a day that I've been on operator since June of 2009 that I did not have an ELD ever. And there's probably not a day that I was on operator that I did not use PC. Now I hope I don't piss off the PC <laughs> gods tonight, but I've never, ever, ever was, was ever busted or questioned or anything over PC. But here's what I didn't do. I didn't go, you know what? I'm not going to make it to the customer. I'm just going to drive two and a half hours on PC and make my delivery. That's what I did not do. Mm-hmm. Like Chris said, I use PC strategically to do things during the day to make things work. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I always had um, legitimate reasons to use it because I wasn't doing things for commercial benefit. You know? 100%. That's the key so word, not it, for commercial benefit. So, you know, it, it, you, you can use it. It's there for you to use. Now, a lot of carriers want to try to scare you out of doing it because they don't want – it's easier for them to just say you can't do it. That doesn't make it legal. But that They have the right to do that. Mm-hmm. But let me tell you what happens when you screw it up, okay? We've got three different examples that I personally know of. One of them was one of our people when we first went to keep trucking wasn't the fault of the driver. There was a connectivity problem between the phone and the uh, keep trucking little nodule mm-hmm. and uh, kept putting her off the driver, whatever. Anyway, she got, he, she got busted for six months, no PC. And we mm-hmm. thought that was like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Six months. Well, then um, we found out that, um, uh, uh, Landstar came out with this no uh, notice first offense one year. Mm-hmm. And I think we had somebody that got that, didn't we? Did we? Mm-hmm. He yeah. got, he was on the interstate in a traffic jam, minding his own business and got rear-ended, rear-ended. by four-wheeler. Yeah. 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 And because he was involved in an accident, even though he was sitting still with a brake set, they did a log audit. They did it. Yeah. And yeah. they found him been monkeying around with PC and it was boom one year. Now here's a new one on me. About two or three weeks ago, a friend that I know that's a BCO at Landstar <clears throat> got busted by the DOT on a roadside, and they busted them for improper use of PC. DOT did. Mm-hmm. Well, Landstar gave him a three-year um, taking away uh, PC privileges for three years. Now, turned out that it didn't really matter because he also got busted for having a cell phone in his hand. And uh, he got his lease canceled for that. So I uh, didn't have to serve the time on the PC. But uh, as I understand it, that if DOT busts you for that, it's a three-year penalty with no PC at Landstar. So um, 
You know, the thing about it is it it's it it it's for your it's for your use. You just can't use it like we really said to cover up for inadequate or, or worse than that, no trip plan. Let's just run balls to the wall and when we run out of time, we'll just run on PC. That will get you busted. And the easiest way to get busted is using the first two hours of the day and last two hours of the day. Those are mm-hmm. that's that's low hanging fruit. Mm-hmm. That will uh, that will get you busted every time. So, and you want y'all y'all want to know how to alleviate that problem of not being able to have a trip plan, you know, and you're getting in trouble. How That's can I how, down, do how can I download that? Download what? <laughs> BSE nine thousand. <laughs> BSE nine thousand. Um, listen, I back in the day, I'm a nerd. I get it. Okay, I had a, a smaller calculator velcroed to my steering wheel. You know, um, but I, I was constant. But before GPS. Look, I mean, I've got every kind of technology on this desk. I've got Apple everything. I, I, every, I love technology, okay? But the GPS has turned people into morons that seed authority. Again, it's back to that same thing of, uh, well, the GPS said, you, you want to get your ass tore up faster than anything, call me and say my GPS said. I will light your ass on fire, okay? Because I, I have spent hours on trip planning training, and the GPS is not part of it. A calculator and a map is, you know. Um, but you cannot just blindly go because back in the day before GPS, we couldn't blindly go. I had to mathematically work it out, even though we cheated all like hell. But I still had to work it out. I had to know it's this many miles from point A to point B, how long is it going to take me to drive? How much of a break do I need to have? How many hours do I need to drive on the other side of that? And what time am I going to make it yeah. to my customer? Just you know? having a plan. Just, you know, I can't, we, I can't believe the number of people that, that we run across that don't think it's, let me just put the truck in gear and see what happens. That's not, now look, that might work if you're going to do 1.7 loads a week, like most people at Band, Atlanta start doing, but you're not going to come here and do four and five loads a week and run that way. Because you'll get the first two out of the way, and the next three you can't deliver because your hours are screwed up. So to run at the level we do, to make the volume that we do, and and you know you have to be able to manage your hours. You have to be able to manage your clock and and be and be efficient with your time. And that's where the trip planning comes in. Or you just deliver one load at a time. You don't have to worry about it. All right, but um, you're not going to be making 150, 200 grand at Landstar delivering one load a week. So unless you're one of those right. heavy haul exotic guys you know so right the the personal conveyance tip that i have for you is uh first of all do a trip plan so you don't have to have it and if you do need to use it it needs to be not for commercial benefit that's what personal conveyance is for it's personal yep all right richie how to build and keep good relationships with agents um one word communication yep communication that that's that's it man uh, e- look i don't easiest thing we do it's the easiest thing we do but yet it's the hardest to get people to to get in the habit of start doing and that's I, I was talking to our friend randy the other day and we were making fun of all these idiots on facebook that have them they have their do not haul list and he had a pretty explosive um encounter with our favorite uh agent um <laughs> uh, that we swear we'll never haul for again. But he goes, he goes, well, I swore I'd never haul for them again, but guess what? When I'm sitting there and I don't have a load and they've got one, guess what I'm going to do? 
I'm going to call them and get and book it. You know, I'm going to book it with, with, with trepidation and I'm going to be a little nervous about it. Um, but I don't have a do not haul list, you know, um, I'll tell you how to build relationships with agents. Okay. Treat them the way you want to be treated. Understand that that's your customer. All right. So just put yourself in their position. Just mm -hmm. switch it around. What would you want that driver to do if it was your freight? Uh, and that usually will do it every time. Uh, it's not hard. It's not, it's just, it's just, again, it's, um, understanding who your customer is, understanding what their role is, even though you think they're stereotypical, all the guys wearing pajamas and just got out of bed. That doesn't matter. Why does that matter to you? That's your customer. Okay. You took mm -hmm. his load. Oh, he's got the weight wrong. Okay. Well, maybe you made a mistake. All right. Mm -hmm. Uh, or maybe now, you got bad information. Yeah, maybe the customer gave him bad information. But that having that hostile, um, you know, relationship is not going to get you. Uh, you know, you're you're not going to develop a relationship with an agent if every time he deals with you, you know, you're a pain in the ass. You know, mm -hmm. and I love how BCOs want, love these no haul lists, and they think that the agents don't, mm -hmm. and they can't understand why they call them their loads not available to them, but we can call them when and get the load. You know. Um, or certain area codes. Well, I'm not going to, you know, right. they won't call a 513 or a 424 with him. Okay. Go ahead. Please don't. Please don't call them because that clears the phones up so I can call them. Yeah. You know, it's all about attitude. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you, you listen, you may get one that's got a bad attitude, but you could turn that person around. How many times have we done that, Chris? You know, deal with a dick and we find out that we're, we don't do things this way. And now all of a sudden they're not, they're not a dick. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they're, they're, uh, you know, we're, they're a favored agent, you know, um, it's all about building the, it's, maybe it doesn't happen the first time. Maybe it doesn't happen the first two times, but, um, that's, a, that's a all on you. It's every bit on you. And, um, it, it's just being a good person, understanding what they're they're Listen, they're out here to do the same thing you are. It's make a living. Okay. They make 7% on load. You make 65% on load. They got to have a whole lot more of them than you do mm -hmm. to make a living. So, uh, you know, just to understand what, what's going on. They're not your enemy. You know, they're not out here to screw you over. Um, they're not brokers. Okay. They're agents. And, uh, you know, people come here at Lansdowne, they've already got a chip on their shoulder about working with brokers because they've heard all this stuff, you know. Uh, look, you know, agents have their get-togethers once or twice a year. BCOs have their get-togethers. I don't know why they don't put them together. It make, make more sense to me they put them together. But I'm not telling Landstar how to fix Landstar. But, uh, you know, we're all on the same team here, you know. And, uh, and I know this sounds Pollyanna, uh, but I'm just telling you right now, uh, if, it weren't, if it didn't work, we wouldn't tell you about it, all right? Uh, but, um, the definition of agency, a business or organization established to provide a particular service, typically one that involves organizing trans transactions between two other parties. The agent is your gateway to the customer. They're your gateway to the person paying the bill. Yep. They're there to help you give you whatever you need. If you, you know, lots of guys got, because I'm the dis dispatcher and I'm sending, I'm feeding them loads and they call me and say, Hey, X happened. Did you call the agent? Cause I, I don't, I'm not in between you and the customer. The agent is. So I obviously I can, I can, uh, 
I can advise you, but I don't make the call to the customer to figure out why your pickup number's wrong. I don't call, I can't do anything about you get there and there's no empty trailer. You have to call the agent because that's their, their duty is to organize the transaction between you and the customer. That's why they're there. And yeah. you're here to learn how yeah. to operate and do this on your own without us doing it for you. Right. That's the other reason. We could do it, but what are you learning by us doing that? So I, I have, I listened until I'm blue in the face. If you want to set yourself apart from other BCOs, send an email when you arrive, send an email when you depart, send an email with an ETA, send an email when you arrive at the consignee, send an email when you're empty. And you will, they will be like, oh my God, thank you for your service. Your communication skills are, I've, I emailed you nine words, you know, arrive shipper loaded, arrive consignee empty, six words. I can send six words to an, e, to an agent and set myself apart from 90% of other BCOs. You don't think they're not going to remember that? And, and that's on top of whether they want you to text or, you know, smoke signal, whatever that we do this regardless of mm -hmm. how they ask to be communicated with. Yep. regardless. Uh, and it's, and it's for our benefit too, because now we have a time date stamped permanent archivable record of what went on. So, um, yeah, anyway, let's move on. We're, okay. we're hitting over an hour already. Um, Phil, Phil wants to know why platform drivers are more superior and, and how to be cool like them. Cause they keep whips <laughs> and chains in the truck. That's why. And, uh, and Richie wants to know why can't platform drivers back a trailer? Um, God, I'm start. This is going to go right. down real quick. So that's is, the, the well. That's is the he, end. Is he uh, buyer watching or listening. Oh, I'm sure he is. Oh God. Uh, so uh, that was the extent of the driver questions. Now I'm going back through. Uh, <laughs> Richie's house. All the you could have. Rich, we're talking about inspections. Richie said you could have the DOT cop tell you your carburetor's leaking like they did to me in Colorado. Oh. <sighs> Clarence says uh, Larry needs a glass of bourbon. Uh, I accept tomorrow's a work day. So yeah, that's a Saturday night thing, Clarence. <clears throat> Richie, when you find a guru, shut up and learn as much as you can. Don't be a know-it-all. You have an incredible opportunity to figure out the Landstar system and how to run a business. Don't be a statistic. Well, very well. Good, good job. Um, uh, Oh, Richie said, I guess we're talking about the uh, weights and stuff. When he, when he, they didn't teach it in CD school, CDL school when he was there. I mean, I've had in the last couple of weeks, I've had to ask people, do you know what CSA 2010 is? And, and there are three guys in a room. Do you know what CSA is? And they went, nope. I, how do you not? If you don't know what CSA 2010 is, you better get to Googling and do it now. Uh, people need, uh, yeah, uh, Rod, Trent Timmer. People need to be aware on steer axle. Even if they allow more, you still need the suspension and tires rated for said weight. And, and that's a great point. Coming to knowing your equipment. You know, that that truck, there's a stamp somewhere inside that truck that says you have a 12,000-pound steer, you have 40,000-pound rears. Um, and if you've got 14-ply or 16-ply tires, that's going to matter? Yeah. Um. Yeah, Maple's trucking. Uh, Landstar's cracking down on PC. I got a phone call about it this week. Yes, they will. They've been cracking down um, for a couple of years, but 
Now, this is this is true, John. So, reserve parking only works if the truck stops in force non-paying drivers to move. I've been burned a few times. I yeah, I had an experience at the Petro in Scranton where they parked me on the fuel island. Yeah, because um, I went in and I said, "Hey, here's my ticket," and I have no. She's like, "Well, we don't have anybody to do anything about it, so just block that fuel line over there." And I I did my ten hour break on the fuel island. I I can't relate to this because y'all think I'm crazy, but I don't have a problem parking. Okay, because when I get ready to park, all you guys no. are, are leaving. So, uh, again, it, it's your choice when you decide to drive. Okay. Um, so, um, <clears throat> Luna, listen, lunatic comes from lunar. Lunar comes from the moon. The moon comes out at night, not during the daytime. God, that was a long way on. <clears throat> Rod says, I tell people I gl gladly take a violation for going over hours as opposed to using PC wrong and get popped for falsifying law. That's absolutely correct. Listen, there's a variance. Nobody will tell me what the hell it is, but there's a variance that you can go over your 11 and like not get a ticket, not get a violation, right? Um, you're better off if you're 15 or 20 miles or whatever it is from the truck stop to just run in violation and then take your 10 hour break. Um, a friend of mine had a problem where uh, he pulled into a rest stop. He was parked on the corner and a couple of trucks pulled around him and he saw that the, the chances of him getting his hood tore off in the middle of the night was pretty high. So he PC down, I don't know, five miles or something to a truck stop, finished his break, gets out the next morning, gets pulled into the way station. They look at his logs and they say, well, you didn't get a full 10 because your 10 included that PC. And so they shut him down for 10 hours. Now, I don't, I don't know how legal that one was, uh, but the guy with the badge and the gun generally has a force multiplier. Uh, Lee asked, were you a grease pin on the windshield guy? No, I was not. I was, I was one of these. I just had a notebook. Back in the day when I, when I would go from a plate, one place to another, um, when it started out and I could still see stuff that small, I would just have to add up all those little numbers on the map. Mm -hmm. And, and I was 80, I bought an exit guide. Let me see if I, yeah, there it I is. I think it's ironic that the digital guy who, who forbids me to print anything has got all this printed material that he's recommended you guys get. Well, I've had to buy it to show people, but I, I found this yeah, yeah, yeah. at Iowa 80 in like 1998. And it has every exit on every interstate and it has the last mile marker in that state. Mm -hmm. And obviously the first mile marker is zero. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, cause a lot of people don't remember, um, you pull in somewhere to use the bathroom and you hear on the CB, Hey, what's the name of this town? Cause you didn't know, you didn't have a clue where you were. What's the name of this town? So I write it on my logbook. Right. Uh, what's the last mile marker in West Virginia? And somebody said 185. And then you'd have to do the math. Well, I'm into 39 and that's the 185. Right. So I'm X number of miles from. And so I would write down the states and I can still tell you from Tennessee to California, you know, that it's uh, 281 across Arkansas and 140 in Oklahoma and 140 in Texas and 359 in Arizona and 373 in New Mexico because you had to add up all those numbers and go, okay, well, I can drive 650 miles. So, you know, here's where I'm going. Um, so, no, I didn't, I was not a grease pen guy. Um, we, Jay found said, out, we found out the other day that somebody didn't even realize that interstates 
you know, the, the, the numbering system was mm -hmm. you know, methodical and that all the mile markers go from east to west and north to south. Mm -hmm. I mean, they didn't even teach that anymore. There was no correlation. And you know, mm -hmm. I forget who it was in this yeah. person's mind about what you just said, you know, it just yeah, ran. They were, they were like exit 29. I went, wait, hold on, hold on. You do realize that that means it's 29 miles from where you are to where that interstate right. ends. And he was right. like, right. no, no, I know that. Uh, now I, I do not have a, I mean, there's, there's a calculator on my phone, but it's not a BSC 9,000 cause, uh, Jay's talking about the BSC 9,000 on your smartphone because every time I try to hit the damn button on the son of a bitch, it won't register. So I'm old school. I have a, a, a calculator. Um, uh, I'm going to come back to this one. Uh, Clarence, send a POD, whether it's asked for or not. I send one when I send an empty email, dude, that that's absolutely beautiful. Take up. It doesn't have to be fancy. Take no. a picture of the signed POD and include it with your empty message. Absolutely. Blows their mind. Absolutely. They think mm. you're a rock star, Clarence. I'm sure. <clears throat> uh, okay. So let me go back to this one. Jay, uh, how can I become a broker? driving for 20 years in this area. I want to become a broker. What do you advise me? Don't, um, uh, uh, uh go, go study blockchain technology. Yeah. Brokers will not exist in five years. They're going to um, go away. The travel agent and the photographer and the florist. <clears throat> yeah. Um, now if the question is, um, I've been driving 20 years. I want to do something transportation related where I don't have to drive trucks. Um, there are certainly opportunities that don't necessarily be involved uh, being a broker. Um, and there's going to, the, the more you, um, the more that you uh, study blockchain, which is what you should be doing right now. You need to be studying blockchain and understand what it is. And you need to have a basic understanding of what cryptocurrency is. Um, and, and if you'll put a little bit of time into that, you'll understand pretty quickly that there's going to be lots and lots and lots of opportunities uh, in transportation. Um, and it might not be with big trucks. I think uh, vans are going to be huge. Straight trucks are going to be huge, but especially vans, final mile stuff, um, it's going to be enormous. Um, I think big trucks, you know, big trucks are good for carrying bulk shipments, you know, 53 foot trailers worth of stuff. Um, but I, the two things that I think will be gone in five to 10 years is brokers and LTL companies like Yellow Roadway, gone. Maybe FedEx and UPS, but Yellow Roadway, they're done. It's over. Mm -hmm. If you're working there um, or one of those places and, and you've got like a plan to be retired, you better figure out something else because they're going away. Um, uh, let's see. I had another. Oh, here's a, here's a, so, uh, Rod says, I always forward my transflow link after I scan the paperwork. So when you scan with transflow, it sends you an email and it has a link in there. And if you click on that link, it has a copy of what you sent, just sent, um, through transflow. It sends it back to you. Now what we do, I don't send that to the agent. 
But what I do is I click on that link. I open that document. I copy the Transflow confirmation number, paste it onto that document, and save it with the file name, uh, or I'm sorry, with the freight bill number. Freight bill number. And so uh, probably now for two and a half or three years, I have every proof of delivery that was scanned into Transflow for one of our trucks saved by the freight bill number. So if there's but ever he, a question. But here's the thing, right? You're, you're doing, you're giving them more than they asked for. And that's all it's important. Whether they use it or not, not the, the impression is made because you're going to the effort to give them communication. And, and what it is is not really as important as the fact that you're doing it. So um, that obviously is, is, is making an impression on agents that you're working with. And, like, you don't need a – you can come to Landstar and you can, you can get yourself five or six agents, and that's, all, that's really all you need, you know. You don't have to have – now, you may have to fill in with some of this cheap freight between agents some, some, once in a while. Uh, so if we let the, the uh, freight board pirates – lowboard power to get rid of all the, the, uh, 3PL freight, then, you know, that's going to be a problem. Uh, but they just, they're, they're too ignorant to understand what they're asking for. So, right. Um, Lee had a good comment here and I lost it. Uh, oh, it's amazing how so many people can't seem to do a 30 second search with their pocket computer that holds the collective knowledge of all of human civilization. Yep. Um, Guys, it it's really that simple. Um, and you can do it as fast as you can go on to Facebook and ask them for faster. Your, yeah, faster. Um, God, we had a lot of comments tonight. We did. Um, look, it, it this all comes down to personal response. There's a great book. Let me think of what uh, QBQ. I think it's Dan Miller. Well, let me Google it. Uh, just talking about QBQ book question behind the question by where's the guy's name? Of course, it's got everything but his damn name. Um, I think it's Dan Miller, John Miller, John G. Miller, QBQ, the question behind the question. Um, and the little, I don't see it on here, but it was like uh, with what, who, and how. Instead of asking who, when, asking when is someone else going to take care of the problem, learn to ask what and how. What, what can I do to make this situation better? How, how can I solve this problem? Um, it's a great little book. I don't know. It's a handful of pages. Uh, he's one of Dave Ramsey's buddies. Um, but the, the, what to really ask yourself to eliminate blame, victim thinking, complaining, and procrastination. It says here it's a 55-minute read. Um, it's a fascinating little book that needs to get you thinking um, about how you can solve the problem instead of finding somebody else to do it for you or find somebody else to give you the wrong answer so you can blame them for it going all bad. That's, that, that's what it's about. Um, <clears throat> sometimes, sometimes it just all falls apart, you know, and then – you have to be able, um, cause there's so many times, you know, I'll see somebody in trouble and I'll be like, well, that ain't going to work. And I'm kind of waiting to see if they figured it out. Yeah. And they have not And then, you know, and then it all goes wrong. Um, whereas there's probably points along the way that we probably could have made small adjustments to, to fix it. Um, 
but sometimes you just get to, all right, the truck's broke down. We're, we're done. There's nothing else to do except get the truck fixed, cancel all the loads and then start over, you know, but there's so many things before that little things that we can do that we long before we get to the catastrophic nuclear options. Purple Yeti had a question way, way back that <clears throat> kind of goes away. I, I don't even remember. I, it may be episode 49. I don't know. Is that when I talked about? Oh, um, uh, when Ray Rose decided not to give you his blessing, did you resolve right away to dive in the photography business or did you have to work up to it? Now that's a man to pull out the name Ray Rose. That's a man that has listened to the episode. Congratulations. Uh, you get the, uh, you get the gold star. Purple yeah. Yeti. Um, well, you, you, I had already decided that's what I wanted to do. Uh, it would have been nice to have had his blessing. Uh, but I was at that time, I'm sure I felt like I was going to do it in spite of him to prove to him that, you know, cause when, when I first went to Ray, you know, he, he, of course, Ray's an, he was a, a scrappy old, you know, grumpy guy. And uh, he told me the very first thing, he said, look, you're like the sixth or seventh person that's come to me and, and nobody's ever made it yet. You won't either. So, you know, that, I never forgot that, you know. And um, so him, after me finishing his schedule for him that whole year when he was disabled with his back and then for him not to give that, I, it kind of it kind of was a lot of smack in the face. But it was my it, it became my motivation, not not a reason not to do it. You know, it. I was going to do it anyway. And now it's like, now I got to do it because now I got to prove you wrong. You'll fart, you know? <laughs> so, um, but, uh, you know, but you have to understand photography is much different than, than buying a truck and being an owner operator. First of all, I was doing it part-time. So I still had a, a, a regular job, you know, um, at, at when I first started. And so, uh, and then, you know, getting into photography is, is not near the investment back then that it would be to do this. So the minimizing risk thing, you know, was not as, as big of an issue, uh, for me. Of course, again, I've been doing it for a couple of years, the last year with, for him full time, but, uh, with no pay. So, um, your next question was, uh, I'm asking when do you know it's time to pull the trigger? Well, you know, that's going to be different for everybody. You, you got to know whether or not you're, you're you, you got to, you got to understand, am I ready for the commitment that's going to take to make this happen? Am I ready to commit to that? You know, and then nowadays you also have to look at the financial thing. You know, am I financially prepared for it? You know, a lot of people get into this business every day and they're way woefully unprepared for financially. Um, and that's not one of the number one reasons why they fail. I have that, that, thing we do about the seven reasons and that's usually number one uh undercapitalization but you know preparing yourself for it financially preparing yourself for it mentally uh you know understanding that your 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 friends and family are going to suffer uh because of what you have to do to make this happen the first few years i think i told somebody the other day you know i i, I hardly ever saw my kid play little league you know i always had a wedding on saturday you know now i try to do everything i could during the week but every Saturday I was in a church somewhere. I wasn't on a ball field. So mm -hmm. there's a price you have to pay. You know, you have to be willing to do that. You know, the commitment has to be made. So only, you know, if that's, if that's right. But, um, uh, I, you know, for me, I used it as a, as an incentive. So, 
Well, and I, I want to piggyback on that too because um, when I came to Landstar, I was in a I was in a financial spot, and I had to really, really bust my ass to 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 get kind of caught up, and I did. But there came a point when I started realizing that I was not putting enough effort because I was trying to put my feet in two different lands. I was trying to be home. You know, we, we had, um, mate, my son, youngest son, Mason was born. Um, I don't know, eight or nine months after, uh, we bought the truck. And so we had a newborn and, you know, three kids under six, I think six or seven. Um, and so that was a big pull, you know, it was a very magnetic pull for me to be home, but I also had this business, you know, that I wasn't running very well and I wasn't putting enough into. So when I came to Larry in March of 2018 and I was really in dire straits, you know, about to get foreclosed and bankrupt, uh, and, and repossessed, um, somebody said, well, when do you plan on being home? I said, I don't, you know, I have one goal right here and that is to go make a pile of money and try to you know get out of this hole that i'm in now because of my experience with the system i think i was home every weekend except like two in that first year um but i was able to i was i was able to do both i was i was able to do maximum revenue and and get through the house on the weekend uh, but i left here saying i'll see you when i see you because i don't know when i'm coming back um, and hell, we didn't take a vacation for, I think the second year I was here. I think I finally, we went and actually took a vacation. Um, but I was too busy working and it's kind of still that way. You know, I like being home. I, I, I enjoy, I've, I've put my time in, in 25 years. Um, but there's stuff that happens here that I miss because I've got to do orientation or, you know, if somebody breaks down and I've got to jump in a truck and take them a truck or whatever, everything else gets pushed to the side. And that's, that's a hard thing for a lot of people to do. But, you know, even with as much as I love watching my daughter play volleyball and my son run cross country and all this stuff, um, this comes first and it has to. <clears throat> and a lot, so that, a lot of people don't, they don't, they won't accept that. You know, that they, they don't understand that. And, and you, you, you talk to any successful business and they're going to tell you, you know, the commitment it takes to make a business start and stay, you know, um, you know, stay open, uh, is, is incredible. Uh, it's much more than most people ever think. And it's funny in this industry, people want to buy a truck to slow down. You know, they, they, yeah. they, they want to buy a truck and then what not work is hard. Yep. And, and that's exactly why they end up not making it it's because they want to take a break. People come to Landstar to run less, you know. Uh, I don't, I mean, I, I don't, I don't get that, but of course, 40 people, 40% of the people that come here are gone the first year. Um, you know, you, what you want to do, what your business dictates you to do are not usually the same, same thing, you know, and now, now look, there's going to come a time. I mean, I listen, I, 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 my life is good. I, I, I do pretty much what I want to do, but I've paid a big price for that, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm financially good and I, I, you know, but it, it took a long time for that to happen. And, and it takes a lot of, uh, a lot of work, and a lot of commitment. Um, now I'm fortunate that I can share that with other people. You, you talk about what we do when it comes to blue ribbon. Well, I, you know, I, we, I pass on everything I've learned in 50 years of being in business. It's here for your taking. 
you know, um, Chris, you know, you want to be a truck driver? Good. I got one that's been doing it for 25 years. He's pretty damn good at it, you know? So, um, and all you got to do is come here and drive a truck profitably, hang out for a year and a half, let us rub off on you, and then we'll help you get started, you know? Yeah. So, um, speaking of which, if this sounds like something you're interested in doing, we have an opening. We have one opening. So, um, uh, if, if you are at all interested in what we do here and you think this might be the, the route that it would, that you could take to get to, uh, what your dreams are in this industry, um, and you're willing to leave the bullshit at home and come and do the hard work and, and, uh, and understand that we're all pulling the same end of the rope here. Um, hey, to circle back to those subliminal messages, if some people don't get their driving records straight, we might have two or three openings. We, so. Yeah, we could have a couple more openings. We, <laughs> we have uh, people that, that they can't seem to keep the law enforcement out of their ass, okay? Yeah. But um, but anyway, uh, we would love to take your uh, your application and, and talk with you. Um, and we've got a couple guys that are in the process right now that we're excited about. So. Anyway, um, uh, Cla- was- Clarence made it. This is a great, I seen a TikTok of Mr. Wonderful the other day. He must be talking about, um, uh, O'Leary. Um, yeah, the guy on, on Shark Tank. Yeah. Um, said if you, if you want to, if all you want to work is eight to five, you won't work for me. Right, exactly. Um, listen, I suggest, um, watching some Shark Tank because, uh, it's fascinating, but you got to understand we've talked about this too, because a good entrepreneur comes up with, I don't know, five or 10 new ideas every day. And most of them suck. And you need to watch people go into shark tank with this great idea, um, that they have poured their life and their passion into. And people are like, yeah, no, it sucks. It sucks. I'm not, I'm not giving you a dime because even though you think you have all this value, you really don't. Um, that's a, that there's some good lessons that you can learn. You need to watch some shark tank. I love, I, I love O'Leary and those guys. Yeah. Um, uh, purple Yeti. No, the opening is not that true. We are going to put, we, we've got an engine already for that truck. Uh, we're going to fix it. Uh, but we, that's going to take a couple months to happen. Uh, we have an opening side and we're still going to put uh, my old truck back on the road. Uh, we have got a cab for it. Just a matter of getting it, getting it done. And then we've got a truck in, in, um, Carl's working on to get it on the road. So we, we potentially have two or three more openings coming up in the next few months. Um, but, uh, no, right now we have an open seat that we could put somebody in that, um, we'd love to do that. So, um, I was going to, I'll, I'll wait till next week. Um, so, uh, Lance Calhoun had mentioned something about fuel tax and, I think he wanted to talk about that, but I haven't seen him. So we might hold on to that next week. And then also we've had a lot, not a lot. We've had several people who have bought OPSs from us and they've struggled a little bit with the, the, the procedures of doing mm. the sampling and whatnot. Yeah. So I think since we're already an hour and a half, I think I'm going to stick this on my monitor here and next week we'll cover those two things. Uh, so yeah. we've got more time to spend on them. So I don't want to get this going too late. So. Yeah. Fuel taxes start more fights in Budweiser. Um, and uh, they started a pretty good one on in a Landstar Facebook group this week. I think that's what he's talking about. But I, I didn't see it. So you'll have to bring me up to speed on it. But 
we'll be happy to um we'll, we'll <laughs> Rocky. I ain't going there. Um so we'll uh we'll see what um what's going on. Carl is um I'll let you do that, Chris. I'll let you um well he was out of the hospital um uh, and then went back in. I'm not sure if he's in or out right now. Um I know one of our trucks was getting worked on by his guys. So I know he's been barking orders, whether he's doing that from home or the hospital. I'm not sure. Uh, last time I talked to him, he was struggling. Uh, so just remember, keep him in your thoughts and your prayers. Cause he's going to need, um, you know, he's, he's in a tough spot. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's just tough, but he's, he's, his company is still, um, is still operating. He's got some guys working for him. And, and so he's the brains and they're the, they're the brawn, uh, cause he can't do the physical work right now. Um, but he can still do, you know, and he's true and he's training his guys to, to do that stuff as well. So, um, be sure to like and subscribe. We, yeah. we can use that guys. Okay. It helps us a lot. Um, um, so if you like what we do, subscribe, all those, all those numbers help us when we're trying to get sponsorship and, and that sort of thing. So, um, if you like what we do, be a, be a subscriber. Um, I guess we probably should talk about uh, OPS again. So um, max mileage, we do have that in inventory. We have OPS filters and lab samples in inventory. So if you need supplies, get uh, go to our website. I am sporting our uh, Lunatic um, custom-made T-shirt that we used ahead at the event uh, about a month ago. We still have a few of those in the store. Uh, if y'all would like to um, show off your lunaticness to the outside world, uh, go in there and or we got several, we got most all sizes and got a handful of each color still there. So um, join the lunatic crowd. Um, by the way, we we kind of give you a little bit of notice when we're going to do an orientation in West Virginia uh, on those Saturday nights. You all are welcome to come by and uh, and be in the audience on Saturday night at. Uh, at our orientation for podcast. If it gets to be too big, we'll move out in the lobby like we did for the event and have it out there live. But it's closer to the bar anyway. It's close to the bar, but as it is, we still got plenty of room in our little conference room that we can yeah. use. So, but if you're in the West Virginia area on the nights that we're doing orientation, it's usually once every month or six weeks, we're usually doing one or doing a review. And we do our, our, our broadcast on Saturday night when we do that. And so anyway, you're always, obviously they're invited to be there. So, all right. <clears throat> what else you got, buddy? I think this is, uh, oh, David Thomas, uh, Chris, uh, Chris, can we pick up Max mileage from you at the TA there? Yes. Um, you can pick up, uh, Max mileage from me in hurricane West Virginia. There's a TA exit 30. Nine on I-64, and you can pick up max mileage from me. Yes, so you just have to set it up in advance, Um, but yeah. Yeah, give him a heads up so he can meet you down there. Our warehouse is really close to that TA, so you got to run to the warehouse and then meet you at the TA, so. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, I believe we've done enough damage for one night. Uh, We will see you back here next. Are we Sunday next week? Uh, Let me look because I think we're Monday maybe. Let me look and see real quick. Uh, No, we're Sunday. We're Sunday next week. Okay. Sunday, 2100 Eastern time. Yeah, we're Sunday. We're Sunday the rest of the month. Okay. 
Uh, I'm going on vacation in October, and we're going to have to shift it a little bit there. So, okay. But the rest of the month, we're Sunday. So, all right. We'll see everybody back here, 2100 Eastern Time, next Sunday night. And y'all be cool, be safe. We'll see you next time. Take care.